0: I'm Ross McEwan, uh, I'm from the Granton Improvement Society, I work for the and Improvement Society and uh, formed the and Improvement Society on advice from the Lottery Commission that that's how we should take the project forwards. My background is in architecture and urban design and community planning, community development of social housing.
1: My name is Sharon Averbach, and I currently um, am a member of the Granton Improvement Society and write up ap- applications as lead artist for the Granton Improvement Society. And what's your background, Sharon? Um, I'm I'm an artist by training, and I have been an, in a role of being lead artist uh, in. actually in Wales, but that was quite a while ago, but we've sort of used our own initiative when it comes to Edinburgh, (laughs) feeling it desperately needs something alternative.
0: Edinburgh Limited, they are now subsumed into EDI Group, and so it's EDI who owns that, but EDI are a wholly owned company by the City of Edinburgh.
2: You would need more than... Just the walled garden yeah, there's, to, there's to do your pl- project. There, there
0: are two plots. There's plots N and plot Q, and they're parceled up as one piece for sale. The walled garden sits on its own, and then there's the site next to it, and you actually cannot develop either of them without either as well. They, they've, they've been up for sale since 2008. Uh, nobody's made a... There have been some interest in it, but nobody has made an actual offer apart from ourselves, the grant, either whether it was through joined-up master planning, as it was, or whether it was through Granted Improvement Society, we have made a financial offer to buy the sites.
2: And does your financial offer stack up? Does it stack up for you for as a business?
0: It definitely stacks up as a business, yes. Uh, how do we fund that? Originally it was go- going to be growing community assets who would purchase the site for us through lottery funding. Now, with the new change in legislation, it would come through Scottish Land Fund uh, under the community right to buy and making a registration on the land. And so we would have first uh, refusal to buy the land.
2: Why don't you just get a commercial developer involved?
0: because then we would always have to be paying them money. The idea was that the, the project would never have any lending, never have any borrowing, and so all money that came into the project would always be distributed out to the community, so there would be no money went to another institution to, for the borrowing.
2: So what do you want to build on all of this land?
0: The walled garden itself is 1.3 acres. The site next to it is about 1.8 acres uh, in the wall garden in order to preserve it as green space we plan to run an international garden festival and on the plot of land next to it we plan to build up to 100 artisan spaces workspaces uh, at rent very low rents uh, how would and then, these
2: be constructed?
0: The original idea was that we would use sea containers. The design has developed. We're still going to use sea containers as the foundations because they make good because they're such strong things in themselves. They make very good foundations. But on top of that, because we're two and three storey buildings, we would have some form of uh, system built. Construction to make the, the the other spaces on top of it. And they would all be accessible for disabilities as well. There would be no nobody would not be able to access all that. I mean, we've calculated in our business plan that the maximum rent would be fifty pound a week for that's a space which is uh, a sea container, which is what uh, forty foot in length, eight foot wide, and eight foot high and that includes your everything that would include your costs of electricity
2: how would all of these artisan spaces um, be powered
0: they would be powered through uh, various ways we're looking at ground source heat Uh, we're looking at wind turbines Uh, the original drawings show three wind turbines at the south side of the site Uh, we're looking at how to use the water from the port and use heat exchangers to make hot water from cold water for the swimming pool, for the Lido. So there's all sorts of environmental ways and and obviously recycling of all the refuse within this, the studios would be there's about 99% return on that.
2: Tell me about the Lido. You have plans for a new swimming pool. Doesn't Edinburgh have enough swimming pools?
0: <laughs> Edinburgh does have swimming pools, but it does not have an outdoor swimming pool anywhere apart from a very, you know, the private one along at least. And the current trend all across Europe is to do outdoor swimming pools. Lido's Paris has got them on barges. Uh, Denmark has got them on uh, barges, which in the winter then get frozen over and become ice rinks. So it's just people who say that we're mad. I just think they're mad.
2: Your project includes artisan spaces, a garden festival, and a lido. Yeah. Is there any other aspect of it?
0: No. The well, well, the aspect of it is that by creating a destination, yeah. People will come here, they'll use the promenade, they'll use the facility of the leisure facility, they'll use the garden festival as a destination for tourists to come to, because it's open six months of the year for tourists to come and view um, highly designed garden spaces on a theme each year, which changes each year. Uh, It produces jobs, it produces uh, an educational process about how you do horticulture And then the artisans village has spaces for people because there's a sad lack of space in Edinburgh for people to work from.
2: So people are saying um, at the moment that Edinburgh should become or is becoming a tech hub. And here you are, you're wanting people to become artisans. Clearly there has to be space for both. But, but there's a okay, d- okay, tell me about okay, tell a me definition of the difference. Between
0: between the two. Word, artisan, right? yeah well tell me about right. the
2: difference between the two you know, you, clearly the, all these people
0: who are in tech are well, well, no yes, I mean uh-huh. a, a tech person could take one of the spaces quite easily there's no reason why they shouldn't it could be artists it could be architects designers accountants it could be the spaces are are for anyone who does small business. a small business. It's not exclusive to artists in any way whatsoever. So it is a place where they can get space at a cost that they can afford. The two projects, the Garden Festival and the Artisans Village, or Workspace Village, make money. But the money goes into a charitable organisation and that charitable organisation then redistributes that money Within the community that is set up, that defined community that that it works within, the Lido is a funded project from the other two projects all the time.
2: What's stopping you going ahead?
0: The acquisition of the land has stopped us because EDI or Waterfront Edinburgh Limited have always seen the walled garden and who plot next to it as a, as they say in the past, a jewel in the crown of the city for housing. Now, they've had that site on the market since they got planning permission in 2006, I think, yeah? And they have been unable to sell it. And so we've said, allow us the opportunity to show you that if we do our project, then other developers will come in and buy your land elsewhere.
2: So this whole project could actually help the council unlock Mm. other areas which they would then build on for social affordable housing. Totally. So what happens now?
0: EDI at the moment are having a new master plan done for their land holdings of what they call the North Shore. They've consulted with ourselves that's the Grant and Improvement Society. They've consulted with the Friends of the Wall Garden. Uh, they are the architects called 7N are tasked with producing three alternatives that EDI, the, the Board of EDI will look at. Uh, we're all invited back to a meeting on the 5th of October to discuss what the outcomes of 7N's master planning ideas are Uh, and our offer still stands on the table that we're willing to buy the site whereas the Friends proposition is just give us it and you get nothing from it whatsoever.
2: Tell me about your relationship then with the Friends of the World Garden, Um, is there room for both of you?
0: Um, in our original proposal, we always identified a part of the garden, which is a, an orchard, and it's, it seems to be something very particular. Some of the trees are particular apple trees and palm trees. And so we invited one of our members of the Grant and Improvement Society to come along and look at the trees and harvest the fruit from the fruit, sorry, from the trees. They did that, and from that they formed this group called the Friends of Granton World Garden, and we, actually, the Granton Improvement Society actually had to eject that person from the Granton Improvement Society because she was working against the interests of what the Granton Improvement Society wanted. Now we still say the orchard is available for those people to look after, to harvest the fruit and to grow around the trees. We now have an idea, well what can we, what within the garden can we give them as well, maybe one of the garden, design garden spaces every year where they showcase what they can do by growing things. So yes, we, we're open to working with them. But our principle is that if our project produces the income, then we can finance their growing projects on other pieces of land around the area instead of just in the walled garden.
2: They've, they've said that um, they particularly want the walled garden because it's a pristine piece of land, it clearly hasn't it's had not, any.
0: It's not the only uncontaminated piece of land in the area and that is wrong.
2: But what about the history of it?
0: Well, the history of walled gardens is interesting, actually. French walled gardens did not start out as growing fruit and vegetables. They started out as um, romantic places for people to walk around and see horticulture being grown. And the the, the microclimate that a walled garden creates means that you can grow plants that would not normally be grown elsewhere. It's only laterally in the sort of late... 18th, ninth, beginning of the 19th century when large houses, chateaux in France, the kitchens took over the garden, the walled gardens and produced food. So the, the history of walled gardens is not just about growing food. And our idea is that we continue to keep the space as green space, open to the public for six months of the year totally, but also all year round, by people asking can we come and see what's happening how do you grow these things get access to it so it we open all year and if you read closely into the friends of the wall garden theirs is closed only to the people who are members
1: I think we should try and emphasize the, the fact that we've been trying to get people to endorse the project so we've been trying to create the link to the National Galleries and the Royal Botanical Gardens because they and we've been having this conversation for several years now they don't have um anywhere within the royal botanics which is about gardens created by design and this was what was making the project and we had you know they they agreed that this project would be right a good addition because it is something that is created by design it's an open competition each year which is the link with Chaumont in France
0: the thing about our project is that it creates regeneration around it. It creates jobs. It creates people coming to spend in the area who stay. And the economic impact on the area is huge. Whereas if you only keep it as a closed garden to grow food in, then the economic impact is small. And we're saying that the area requires more than...
1: That. We wanted to create a
0: destination. It's the destination part that's important.
1: So you
2: create a destination here in North Edinburgh and that generates more in the way of council tax for the council, so everybody wins.
0: Totally, yeah. We buy the site as well, so they get their, their payment. They then get whatever revenue um, that we have to pay in tax, for having it. We also have that economic input into the area. Uh, Our business plan shows that after five years, if our visitor numbers are correct with Visit Scotland, then we have a net income of about £500,000 to spend in the area.
2: What kind of things would you spend it on?
0: Local groups would then make applications to us. The charity itself would then say, well, these are our objects... You make an application to us, if you comply with that, we look at it, and if it's what we want, you get the money.
1: We want, it might go back into further ways to create training for people and opportunities for young people, well, not just the young people, all ages, all age groups within the community, but that's, you know, it's supposed to go back to be of benefit to the local area, which is what much of the new development hasn't provided. It's not provided better amenities of any kind and you know in general if you look at the state of the waterfront particularly in this area it it needs a lot of additional public furniture you know better lighting throughout the area lots of things which councils should be responsible for but possibly can't afford and it you know if it's seen to be coming from the community maybe that creates a better opportunity for it to be put in place under the current way things are happening
2: so if you were to sum up your project how do you sum it up it's a vision it's, it's, a, vi- vision. it's a
0: visionary project that should be run by the community through social enterprise I mean, that's, that's a simple way mm. although it's Although it was uh, an idea
1: about placemaking and destination and to improve tourism and improve the quality of life, hopefully by economic impact for this whole area of North Edinburgh. And we're aware of what it says in in the master plans for the city. The local development plan says, Granton is the one area of the city where there is still scope for development and we want to show a slightly alternative form of development all the legislation is now in place which it wasn't when we started Um, it's all in place for communities to try and take control the problem is still particularly because we're in a city and a capital city you know getting them to release the land that process is very slow nobody wants to take responsibility and we are trying to say look we've already been waiting eight years we've always been offering you some
0: we've you always know, offered a, a fair financial price. payment for the land
1: so what have they got to lose you know
2: what do you think the reason has been then for the historic stalling if you like I mean that's they've
0: always thought that that that, that those two pieces of land are and the, the quote is the Julian crown of Waterfront Edinburgh Limited to produce these 54 townhouses. And they've never done it. They've never found a developer to pay the value that they wanted.
2: So you have 54 houses with, let's be uh, generous, we could say five people in each house.
0: Three storey townhouses. So houses, two yeah. f-
2: 250 people, people could benefit from the walled garden or...
0: No, they're private houses.
2: Mm. Yes, yeah, they, they, they 250 serve, they serve, people.
0: Yeah, but they serve no useful purpose to the housing shortage.
2: Apart from the people who live in them. Mm.
0: They can go and buy somewhere else at that same price, if not less. But you're
2: hoping to help many more people.
0: Many more people, yes. The whole community, the 29,000 people who live in the four community council areas would benefit. Any individual group, any, any group, any community group would be able to access the funds that were produced from the two projects. Plus, you would have the leisure facility that was open to the the kids.
1: Are they adults?
0: Or adults, yes. Because
1: it's meant to be a triathlon... Yeah, it's
0: a triathlon training centre. Edinburgh has more triathlon clubs than any other city in Britain. It's got 13 at the moment. And they have nowhere to train in salt water or cold water, apart from jumping into the Forth itself. And so we were providing two lanes of 50 metres... One would be heated with salt water and one would be cold salt water. So if you were, didn't want to get the cold, you could have a swim in the hot water one. There was an adult swimming, uh, sort of recreational pool, and there's a child's recreational pool.